Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Going Rounds podcast. Thursday night, back at it again. And we got a big pay-per-view this weekend. UFC 295 coming in hot. Uh, We got the big boys fighting this weekend with uh, two title fights. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm putting together some stuff. I'm hoping that everything works and... Hoping for some things to go down this weekend, but the fights should be great. I feel like even though there is some last-minute changes, it's not very last-minute. I guess a lot of times it's super last-minute, but this time we've, we've known for a little bit now that John Jones was out and Stipe wasn't going to fight anymore if it wasn't Jones. So we got a couple big names to take their places. Um and as far as I'm concerned, I feel like it should be for the undisputed title. But, you know, the UFC does things to make sure that their uh, viewership and uh, events are as big as possible. So we're going to get into that here shortly. Uh, we have some other big fights announced uh, just this past week. And then we've got some game bread, uh, bare knuckle MMA. So few things to talk about, and then, of course, we got to recap last week's UFC event in Sao Paulo with uh, Jalton Almeida versus Derek Lewis. So we'll get into that here pretty quick, too. Um, as for me, this week has been a little weird. But all in all, I guess not crazy bad. Stressful, I guess, is the word. <laughs> but that's every goddamn week for me, it seems. So I don't know why I'm even acting like it's not. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the weeks keep pushing. We're getting close to these uh, holidays. So things are things are going to get hectic. I mean, they're always hectic to a certain degree. But as soon as the, it seems like as soon as the holidays hit, it's crazy traffic out in the streets. The, the stores are crazy. You can't go anywhere because everyone's fucking losing their minds. And then, you know, people get emotional. People get moody. I'm moody all the time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm not. Maybe I'm not kidding. I, I know. I know I go up and down with my moods, but I do this so that I can sit here and release some emotions, have a drink, have fun. I. I'm passionate about MMA and I like doing my podcast. So this is a good time for me. And I stress all the way up until it's happening. And then, and then I get going and I have fun and it's like, I turn everything else off and I'm just thinking about this and I love it. It's, it's a good escape for me, except for when things go wrong, because then I just freak out and stress. You would think I'd be better at handling stress these days, but the outcome is what, I guess for me is what I focus on. As long as everything turns out okay, I I just have to forget about everything else. And I get embarrassed sometimes with the way I freak out and lose my temper or lose my patience. But I guess, I mean, that's everybody for the most part. It's just things get stressful and it's tough to put that stress aside and forget about everything and, and, start focusing on what you need to focus on. I think sometimes maybe I maybe I thrive in that stress, in that hectic bullshit, but 
it doesn't always apply. So I don't handle things the best all the time. But like I said, this is a passion of mine and I love it. And I like podcasting a lot. And I may not be the best at it, but I try to get better all the time. I I feel like I've progressively gotten better and better here and there. My production quality's pretty good. You know, my audio quality's getting better. Uh, I got this new setup, new mics, everything. And, and I'm hoping that I get to test those out soon. It'll be cool. Um, and I'm hoping that I can just ease into all this stuff and just get to that point where I was a little while ago where besides technical difficulties that you never see coming and the few little mistakes I make here and there, those are going to happen. It is what it is, but I'm hoping that I just get back to that point where I don't feel like I'm constantly worried about what's going to happen next. And that's the stressful part to get about getting new stuff and, you know, with podcasting, technical stuff, it's like, I'm pretty good with technical things. That's why I could put all this together. <laughs> but, uh, cause I don't just turn on a mic and start talking. I, I, I prepare and I get things ready visually, audio wise, uh, mentally on my own personal level. And, and, you know, as far as the knowledge goes, I'm preparing from the time that the I guess Sunday morning, I would say I start preparing for the next week's podcast because I start, I rewatch fights. I'm looking at things online. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I put a lot of undue stress on myself and pressure, but I feel like if I don't do that, I'm not challenging myself. And, and I need that. I need to challenge myself. Everything can't be easy. And I have to remind myself of that all the time because a lot of times I want to be comfortable. I want to be just not make everything easy, but I just want to have things run smooth and it doesn't always work that way. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. So sometimes the challenge and the pressure and the stress is welcomed. I just might not know it in the moment. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to take a step back and I got to check myself. And this is why I try to hold myself accountable. And just talking about it like this for me is, is eye opening uh and and for me to basically just say it out loud it helps and i know a lot of people don't have an outlet or don't choose to take the outlets that are provided to them because they're so introverted or just per private or anything like that and obviously this is far from private but uh you know i i just use it as a way to open my eyes to things, like I said, and hold myself accountable. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know why I went down this rabbit hole all of a sudden, but I guess part of it reminds me, because I was saying I'm passionate about all this, is, you know, I, I saw my daughter post a, um, or, or put up a post on TikTok and, and Instagram and stuff, you know, Tenet Trend, follow her everywhere. She, she posts on Twitter or X and uh, TikTok and Instagram and sometimes on Facebook she posts things a lot. You know, she's been trying to stream more and, and with all of the new drops for uh, COD and, and Fortnite and stuff, she's been gaming a lot and streaming a lot. And I'm, I'm proud of her for getting back into it and, and doing it a little more often. You know, I know life is hectic and she's been trying to find time to do it. And she has lately. <laughs> she's been immersing herself in it. And it's cool to see. And I'm glad and I'm happy for it. And I'm proud of her for everything that she does and sticking with it because it's tough. 
it's tough, especially her being a female gamer um, who doesn't portray herself in ways that other female gamers do. She's there for the gaming, and that's what she's there to do. Uh, and and it's commendable. I, I love to see it. And she, you know, she posted a little something today talking about just the fact that she's happy that she stuck with it and, you know, she's a work in progress and all this stuff. And I was just proud to hear her say it. And and I, I like to make sure that I just, I guess, uh, see those things. You know what I mean? Like really see them because I, I know sometimes I felt like, I feel like things that I do are go unseen or, or overlooked or something. And it's not that I need some pat on the back. But everybody wants one every now and again, right? Everybody needs that confirmation that what they're doing is not for nothing. And so, you know, for Trin, I, I love that she's continuing to do it and progressing. And, you know, it's a slow it's a slow burn on both our sides, but it's fun. We're passionate about what we do. And I, and I love to see her continuing on. And I try to continue as well and make sure that we keep each other going and back each other up. So cheers, Trin. And everybody out there, I appreciate the support and for listening to me rant on about things sometimes. But back to the show uh, and back to some MMA because that's what we're here to do. But I like to get into other little things here and there too, as you could tell. <laughs> so let's see, where are we going to start today? Well, Obviously, I know because I prepped everything <laughs> and I like to keep everything in order. Um, so that way I know what I'm doing. But curveballs get thrown at me sometimes and that's OK. So part of those curveballs is the live chat. So if you're here and watching live with me right now, don't forget to uh, check in on the live chat. Say what's up. Uh, ask a question, comment, whatever you want to do. Keep it cool. Um, I always stop and, and acknowledge the chat as I can and answer any questions or, you know, whatever, whatever's going on, I'll interact. So if you're here and watching live, do that. Uh, otherwise, don't forget to like and subscribe, share with a friend, tell somebody about the pod, hopefully help me keep growing and follow my social media going on down there, uh, going around podcast everywhere except for X, it's going around pod. And it'll be at the bottom of the screen throughout the show. So if you want to check it out, please do so. And don't forget to like uh, my pages everywhere. And hopefully you like the content. So let's keep it going. Let's keep it moving. Let's get into it. We'll get started with some game bread, bare knuckle MMA. So if you haven't heard about this, obviously, you know, uh, game bread, who is Jorge Masvidal has been uh doing different events with bare knuckle bare knuckle boxing bare knuckle mma i believe he has a regular mma portion of his organization but it's all under the game bread title and uh promotion so it's his own promotion and he gets all the fighters out there man like everybody who is not in the ufc he's got uh bare knuckle boxers from bkfc that have come over, uh, ex-UFC fighters, ex-Bellator fighters, everybody from all, all realms of combat sports. So, I mean, it's pretty fun. 
bare knuckle MMA. Um, if if anybody knows or, or talks or not talks to, obviously, but listens to the Joe Rogan experience um, on his podcast, he's talked about it before that he he believes that bare knuckle is the way to go for MMA because the four ounce gloves gives a certain comfortability and which makes things a little different. And he he likes. He, he wants to see a lot of the raw, like, natural ways of fighting. And he thinks that, you know, there shouldn't even be a cage or a ring. He feels like it should be like a football field or just an open space where the fights can be had as well as bare knuckle because he thinks that's the most natural way to do it. And, you know, a lot of people have come around and talked about how he's crazy and it's dangerous and barbaric and blah, 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 all that bullshit. But... I tend to agree um, to a certain extent. I feel like the four ounce gloves help a bit with some of the striking and and grappling and stuff. You know, it's it's almost like being bare knuckle, but apparently the four being a four ounce glove with that little bit of padding and and the way that the hands are wrapped underneath and all that, it's it's you know it still is some kind of a cushion there that people take advantage of. Uh, and people will throw punches harder because they know they're protected with the wraps. They're protected with the gloves and all that. So either way, we've had plenty of fantastic fights in, in UFC and MMA overall with the rule set that it's been, you know, and uh, and I guess with the equipment that's been used, which is basically the gloves. So Ever since uh, the UFC has evolved into what it is now, you know, when it first started, there was bare knuckle. Uh, people were wearing wrestling shoes or whatever shoes uh, and wearing like gi pants or stuff like that. Like Art Jimerson, I think his name was, wore one boxing glove. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just uh, that's just how it worked. So um the UFC and MMA is a whole different story these days, but it feels like we're reverting back a little bit and making it interesting with uh, bare knuckle MMA and bare knuckle boxing. It's been entertaining. It's lasted longer than I thought. And with somebody like Jorge Masvidal behind something like uh, bare knuckle MMA, it's bound to stick around for a while. And, you know, Masvidal does a good job. He's got a good team because... They've been making it work and keeping it going. So it's interesting. And, you know, I've watched a little bit of it here and there. I don't watch it like I watch the UFC, but it's fun. And this is a damn good matchup going on here in the main event. Um, Roy Big Country Nelson versus Ellen Belcher, both former UFC fighters, both former MMA, regular traditional MMA fighters. Um, we know Roy Nelson from season 10 of The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, there was all kinds of stars that came out of that um, that came out of that season as well as having Rampage uh, Rampage Jackson and Rashad Evans uh, being the coaches of that season. And I know I know season 10 well because I, I do listen to Brendan Shop's podcasts overall and he's talked about it for years and he you know he was part of uh season 10 and i do re- remember him from that season and before he even started podcasting so season 10 is a pretty notable season along with like i think it might have been season five with nate diaz and uh gray maynard and all these other guys that came out of those big seasons but 
anyway, down a rabbit hole I go again, <laughs> or on a tangent I should say. But uh, Ellen Belcher was around in the UFC for a long time too, and he was, you know, a pretty good fighter. He always fought at the lower weights, like I think middleweight and welterweight. Uh, I think he fought even as low as welterweight, and now he's up at heavyweight, and he's looking juicy. <laughs> this fool is fucking ripped and thick. So. I don't know that they do any official testing in gamebred bare knuckle MMA, but Ellen Belcher looks like he doubled his size in muscle mass and everything else. He doesn't even look like the same guy, but this should be interesting and fun. I mean, overall records, they both have a lot of fights under their belts. Uh, Big Country is 23 and 9. Uh, and Ellen Belcher is 18 and 8. And I believe Roy Nelson has had one fight in bare knuckle MMA and and got the win there. So it uh, looks like everything is pretty much the same. Belcher's a little bit taller. Uh, there's no weight listed for Belcher, so that's interesting. But uh, Roy Nelson is showing 264. And they got similar reaches. I think Belcher's got like two inch reach on him. But, yeah, I think this should be fun and interesting, uh, especially to see Belcher fighting up at that higher weight against somebody like Roy Nelson, who we all know what kind of a record uh, or what kind of a uh, career Roy Nelson had in the UFC. And he was dominant. And, you know, he went away for a long time. And now he's back doing bare-knuckle MMA. Sounds like it's right up his alley. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what kind of fight this has uh, in for it. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Alex Nicholson versus Prince Mc- McLean, I think. Which that's weird. I don't see that on there. But we got Jason Knight versus Randy Costa. Jason Knight also being a former uh, UFC fighter as well. He was in that latest episode, I think. Yeah, he was on the latest episode. Or- Latest season of the Ultimate Fighter, so that was uh, that was interesting to see him on that as well. He's got a lot of scar tissue on his face. Um, I think he's, I believe he's done BKFC as well. So this should be interesting watching him in bare knuckle uh, MMA, and he's got a substantial amount of fights over his opponent Randy Costa. Um, Jason Knight is twenty two and seven overall, and Costa is seven and four. Everything else is pretty much similar. Um, but yeah, then we got Chase Sherman versus Carl Sumanitafa. Fuck if I know how to say that dude's name. But Chase Sherman, the Vanilla Gorilla, funny ass nickname, former uh, UFC fighter as well, 16 and 12. Oof, that's a tough record, but not as tough as Carl. However you say his name, 13 and 14 overall. Um, But this is a heavyweight bout. Uh, Let's see. Who else we got? Curtis Millinder, I believe, fought in the UFC as well. uh, Versus Joel Bauman. Millinder's 21 and 9. Bauman is 9 and 3. And then let's see if we got any other. Joshua uh, Weems, I believe, was in the UFC previously as well versus junior maranajo how maranao uh that is a catchweight bout at 140 francisco trinaldo 
former UFC fighter versus Sasha Palatnikov. That's a welterweight bout. And oh shit, Hector Lombard versus Chris Sorrow. So this Chris Sorrow guy is 1-0 against a fucking grizzled vet like Hector fucking Lombard. 34-10-1. This is a weird fucking matchup. And I want to know where Sorrow is from because he's 1-0 is what it says his record is. I don't know. That's tough. That's kind of crazy. Uh, let's see who else. James Freeman. That sounds familiar. Don't know where he's from though. Uh, and that's it. That's those are the only uh, those are the only other fights I know. <laughs> but this should be interesting. Could be fun. So check it out if you want to watch. Let's see if it tells me how. Uh, Friday, November 10th. So that'd be tomorrow. It's taking place in Biloxi, Mississippi. I assume that's because uh, it is bare knuckle MMA and it's probably only sanctioned in certain areas. But this event will be streamed live and free on our YouTube channel. So basically, it's live and free on the Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA YouTube channel. So if you're wanting to check it out, it's free. Check it out right here on YouTube. Go to their uh, YouTube channel. Subscribe and hit that notification bell and you'll know when it starts, I'd assume. So that's pretty cool. You get the whole thing for free. Don't even have to fight to figure out where to watch it. It's right here on YouTube tomorrow night. And it says it starts at... Oh, shit. I don't see a time. Let me see if I can find it. Click here. Okay. Well, that's cool. I don't see a time. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm sure you can uh, I'm sure you can find it So It's on YouTube Easy enough right So let's move on to the announced fights That happened this past week We had Sean Strickland Versus Drickus Duplessis For the middleweight title fight Saturday January 20th in Toronto UFC 297 Now look at that number we got 295 this weekend. We got 296 next month, which is going to be a big card. And now we've got January set up with a main event for the middleweight title with Sean Strickland versus Drickus Duplessis. As we all know, Israel Adesanya uh, basically is going on a hiatus. He said he want he doesn't want to fight till like 2027 or some shit like that. I highly doubt he's going to be out that long. But with that being said, obviously he's not fighting in the UFC for a while or anywhere else. So Sean Strickland needed an opponent and wants to get back in there to fight. But he's not happy about the fact that it's in Toronto. Go figure, Mr. Patriotic, Mr. America guy. Nothing wrong with it except for he's a real dick when it comes to everything else. I don't know why it has to be that way. I mean... At least it's Canada, bro. They're not sending you to China. (laughs) So calm the fuck down. But he's fighting Trickus Duplessis, who everyone was thinking might not get a title shot, even though he kind of deserves one. Because he turned down the fight with Israel, which got Strickland the belt. So I guess the least Strickland could do is give Duplessis the the title uh, match. And and give him a chance to possibly take that title. I'm not sure about this fight. 
the way Strickland looked in the fight against Izzy, uh, it was more impressive than I expected, and he did well. So, and is he going to have a, a a new fire under his ass now that he has the belt, or is he going to let it get to his head and falter on that? I don't know. But uh, DDP looked really good against Robert Whitaker in that fight back in July when they fought uh, during International Fight Week. So. If he comes out looking like that fighter, I think Strickland's got a whole different kind of fight in his hands. And uh, DDP is a different type of and style of fighter than Izzy was or is. So it should be interesting. I'll be waiting to, you know, check out a little more on that matchup, you know, coming up. But there's a few more fights before that. So uh, we'll wait on that one. And let's move on to the next one announced. That is Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Tapuria, who I I know a couple people. Tapuria is that they're that are fans of Tapuria, so they should be happy about that. Frankie, if you're out there, not Cellier, but uh, my dad's buddy Frankie, <laughs> that I've known for a long time. Um, he's uh, he's a big Tapuria fan, so. Your boy got his title shot. So here we go in February. I know Volkanovski was out there asking for a fight as quickly as possible. A lot of people were uh, thinking that it was going to happen in January, but they pushed it a little bit and then it's happening in February. So Volk gets an extra month of training, an extra month of uh, recovery time, and hopefully it all works out for him. Um, unfortunately, for everyone who's a Taporia fan, I, I'm. I'm still on Volkanovski's side here. I feel like he is is definitely going to have something to prove after that loss uh, against Makachev for the second time that he just uh, went through not too long ago. And I feel like he's going to go down to his weight class and make everyone suffer. So either that or that loss will be in his head so bad that he drops the title, which would be sad. But I do like Taporia. I do think he's a great fighter. And he put out a banger of a promotion for the fight when it got announced uh it's it's a very simple video but it has a lot of meaning in it and it's well it's a it's a great produ- uh production uh, for a video so go check that out on social media i saw it on instagram i'm sure you can find it anywhere uh but yeah that's ufc 298 again pay attention to those numbers because we're just rolling right along ufc 300 is right around the corner this is happening february 17th uh, I don't think they have a location or anything like that yet, but it is happening in February. Moving on to the last one, the final announcement, Sean O'Malley versus che- Marlon Cheeto Vera part two, uh, happening in March. So that will be UFC 299, which means UFC 300 will take place in April Unless something crazy happens. Um, I don't know what could happen, but, you know, uh, this happening in March means 300 is going to happen in April, which is kind of crazy. We're only a few months away. And with all of these fights announced and none of them being Conor McGregor, I would assume that it's safe to say he's going to be probably the main event for UFC 300. Um, I don't know that I feel like that is something that he should have at the moment but <laughs> uh and and are they going to keep Michael Chandler like that's the other thing you you never know what's 
what they're gonna the ufc is gonna pull out you never know what's gonna happen between now and then i mean obviously we're months away from that so uh it's tough um but it it could be interesting and i can almost guarantee that they are going to put uh connor on that card i would be surprised if they didn't make him the main event for some reason but i can almost guarantee he's gonna be the main event and whether he's fighting chandler or not that's a toss-up but that is supposed to be the the fight that or that should be the fight is against michael chandler but this one should be interesting as well because uh cheeto vera actually beat um actually beat uh sugar sean o'malley previously now sean got kicked in that nerve in the in his calf uh that gives you dead foot or drop foot whatever they call it um so basically he was like he claims that that's why he lost and he doesn't even acknowledge the fact that he lost so that's what's interesting too he still says he's an undefeated fighter but that is his only defeat in the ufc so we'll see what happens now that he has the title um i feel like they're both better fighters for the most part but i'm not happy with cheeto's last uh last fight against sanhagen i believe and uh he's got to come out with more than that to to beat sean o'malley sanhagen was was hurt as well so i feel like it would have been a different fight had he not gotten hurt in that first round but cheeto gets his title shot um i feel like he's been waiting for it for a while so this should be interesting um i'm not really sure who to root for here honestly i like both of them a lot so i'll wait (laughs) i'll wait and see what happens in the lead up and that's it for the big main the big announcements this week uh so we got the first three months of the year out of the way we know what the main events are we'll see what happens when it comes to injuries or anything like that hopefully the injury bug doesn't strike like it has in these past few months of this year um and let's hope that this December card goes off without a hitch as well because it's going to be a banger. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. So I'm hoping that nothing happens to that main event or that entire card at all. Let's just have a good <laughs> December and no more injuries like it has been in the, over the past few months. Um, so yeah, that's it about it for Combat Sports News except for a quick announcement. And there's that music because it's for the Watch Party podcast happening Saturday, November 11th. This Saturday, main card starts at 8 p.m. Arizona time. Account for whatever time zone you're in. But come here and join us for a Watch Party podcast. Um, As you all know, or if you don't know, I cannot show the fights on the podcast. But I will be in studio as long as nothing changes and nothing happens, I will have a guest or two here with me as well. Hopefully, I get to try out this whole new setup, make sure that it goes off better than it did. Um, I don't know that I'm going to put the pressure on myself to have any outside guests, but for now, I'm thinking I'm going to have one, maybe two guests here in studio. Uh, either way, come here, same channel. Going Rounds Podcast YouTube channel, 8 p.m. Saturday. As soon as the main event starts, the podcast will start. And we will have... uh, Oh, my gosh. Uh, I just totally lost track. We will be 
on for the main event. I mean, I'm sorry, for the main card for UFC 295. Uh, two titles on the line, Yuri Prohaska versus Alex uh, Pareda and Sergey Pavlovich versus Tommy Aspinall. Two titles on the line, should be fun. And um, now I'm pretty excited and I can't wait. I wasn't sure if I was going to do one, but we're doing it. So hopefully everything works out and hopefully everything is good and ready and i don't have anything happen like last time <laughs> so come check it out tell somebody and um yeah share the share the news and join us on saturday for ufc 295 watch party podcast right here now let's get into a recap of last uh last week's ufc event oh my goodness I knew it was going to happen, and that's because I threw this in at the last minute. But that's okay, because I'm going to fix it right now. Here we go. There it is. UFC Sao Paulo, Jelton Almeida versus Derek Lewis. I wasn't too happy with the way that this ended. Um, The main event was a little lackluster, considering they're two heavyweights. Derek Lewis is usually exciting. And a lot of times it's a very fast fight, but fighting somebody with the with the talent and skill set that uh, Jelton Almeida has, it's tough. Um, so, it, you know, it, I feel like it could have been better, but it also wasn't as bad as like Lewis versus Ngannou because that was tough. Um, and. You know, there was not a lot of action going on there. This one wasn't far from that as well, but it also had its moments, I guess. So there's not much else you can say besides that. Uh, Let's see what's happening here. I got things like just being slow. All right, so... Uh, let's start off with a little bit further down the line. First fight of the night was Mark Diacasey versus uh, Kiu Fernandez. Uh, Mark Diacasey gets the win by split decision. Uh, Angela Hill versus uh, De- Denise Gomes. Um, Angela Hill got that win as well by unanimous decision. So... Yeah, there. I I didn't hear a whole lot about these fights in the lower portion of this card, so I didn't get to watch all the way through. But uh, you know, it was an okay card. Nothing, nothing outrageous, I guess, for the most part. Uh, uh Vitor Petrino got a nice KO win over Modestus Bukakis in the second round. Um, that was a big punch landed by Petrino. Uh, took out Bukakis and he gets that win. And then you had uh, Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos versus uh, Renat Fakhradinov. That was a majority draw decision. So they went to a draw. That was, I don't know, man. There's uh, some weird fights happening lately. And this one had a few weird fights as well. I don't know. Uh, I, like I said, I didn't get to watch everything, so it is what it is. You know, the the lower card wasn't 
as exciting as I was hoping. I mean, we had a draw, one, one KO, one TKO, and two decisions. So sometimes you could tell just by the outcome of the fights as to how the fights went. So those didn't feel like they were much to have missed, I guess. But getting to the main card, Elvis Brenner versus Kenan Krzyzewski. Um Elvis Brenner uh, gets the win by KO in the first round with a big punch against uh, Krzyzewski. And yeah, he uh, pretty much flattened him. It was a weird punch that he caught him with. It's in certain angles, you couldn't even tell that he punched him. Like that big punch you saw before was not the punch that knocked him down and put him out. It was actually like a weird grazing shot in the middle of like an exchange. So it was kind of crazy. I had to watch it a few different times. Luckily, they showed a couple different angles, but the big punch was not it was not a big gigantic crazy dramatic punch that knocked him out it was kind of a weird quick shot that just i think it was like behind the ear or something and it just took him out and he he wound up flat face down and out cold so uh brenner with that pretty pretty exciting win right there um because i started watching this and i was just like what what the fuck just happened this is a little weird <laughs> but it definitely uh it was definitely um, interesting, and and it, it happened fast. So, I mean, we were only... It was only... Well, it was four minutes into the first round. So, But, I mean, it was a qu- very fast knockout, uh, and you, you just weren't sure what happened. But, yeah. Moving on, we had uh, Kyle Borjalio, or Bahal, Bor, Borjalo versus Abusupian Abus Magomedov. Fucking tough-ass names to say here. But Kyle has been pretty impressive in his past few fights. And, uh, you know, he just looks kind of (laughs) crazy. He's got just a... I don't know. It's just like a a really weird look to him. Especially with the neck tats. Um, He's got the crazy eyes, kind of. I don't know. He's got a little bit of style, I guess. So, But his tattoos, I guess, do it. And and give him that crazy look. But... uh, yeah, Kyle uh, Kyle gets the win by unanimous decision. Um, it it was it was a pretty fun fight. I mean, it wasn't horribly like slow or boring. Um, it, I was happy to see Kyle get the win. I mean, I I like his fighting style. Um, he seems like a fun guy. He seems interesting, and if he keeps up his uh, if he keeps up going on the path that he's been on i feel like we're gonna see a lot more of him he's 15 and 1 overall um he's got the style he's got the kind of uh swagger and and he's got a great i mean he's got a great fighting uh style as well so this makes him he's coming from dana white's contender series uh back in 2021 he's got one two three four five uh he's five and oh in the ufc and he's 15 and one overall, so that's a good guy to bet on, uh, depending on his uh, opponent. And I was Supian Magomedov. I hadn't really heard of him, but he's got a lot of fights. 25 and six overall, with one draw. 
but he was coming off a loss to Sean Strickland. Um, you know, uh, Sean got him by TKO in the second round, which was the last fight he had before he fought Izzy. Uh, that was July of this year. Yeah. So uh, before that, he was uh, he had one win in the UFC. So he was one and one coming into this fight, and now he's one and two in the UFC. So he's got some ground to make up. Um, a boost. Not a bad fighter, but you know nothing crazy. Uh, Kyle Bar- uh, Baralho gets the win there. Moving on to that co-main, we had Rodrigo Nascimento versus Dontel Mays, and uh, this also went to a unanimous decision with uh, Nascimento getting the win. Um, you know these guys were throwing though back and it was a back and forth fight for the most part, but. Uh, Nascimento gets the win. He's 11 and 1 overall. This makes for uh his third fight in a, his third win in a row in the UFC. Before that he had a no contest and and a loss. Um this is the second time he's fought Dontel Mays actually and he beat him by submission uh rear naked choke in the second round of the last fight in 2020 that they had. And now they fought again and he gets a unanimous decision win. So, yeah, but I mean, as you can tell, they were exchanging pretty big, uh, big guys, heavyweights. Uh, but yeah, Nascimento with the win, eleven and one overall. Shit, uh, it's another guy to look out. You know, when you start getting these guys with these numbers on their records, um, when they only have like one or no no losses or one or two losses, it's like you know you're gonna get a decent fight out of them. They're gonna try to. You know, do their best to keep keep that record. Uh, Dontel Mays is ten and six, and he was coming off a win over Andre Arlovsky back in June. So you know that I'm sure he was going to you know get a nice winning streak, but uh, Nascimento put the kibosh on that one. So now we move to a pretty crazy fight. Oh, I'm sorry, I said that was a co-main. This was actually the the co-main or or the second to the last, how, whatever you want to call it. You know, most of the time they call it the co-main event or whatever. Usually, that's meant for the bigger fights. This was just the last fight before the main, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but uh, we had Nicholas Dalby versus uh, Gabriel Bonfim. Um, he was supposed Bonfim's brother was supposed to fight, but his fight got canceled, and I I don't recall why. But Bonfim was uh, undefeated up until this fight. He is now fifteen and one, but he was on a nice winning streak. Um, he was two and zero in the UFC, coming from Dana White's Contender Series, looking like a world beater. Everyone was high on this guy, and uh, Nicholas Dalby is kind of one of those guys that you know can get wins but sometimes he falters uh but he was on a one two three three fight win streak before this fight and he makes it four with this one gets the win by tko in the second round um I didn't get to watch all of this fight, but it looked like he was losing up until the point where he wasn't and Bonfim was looking good in the fight and Nicholas Dalby just came back uh, with some knees and punches and winds up getting the win over Bonfim and killing that undefeated record of his. 
So we'll see how Bonfim bounces back because, you know, sometimes those guys that have that are undefeated just can't get it out of their head and they'll drop another one or two fights before they get back on track. But Bonfim looks like uh, one of those guys that seems to be, you know, pretty, pretty straight with his uh, with the way he fights and, and his regimen of training and whatnot. So um, I'm sure he'll bounce back. But it was nice to see Dolby get that win. Um, now he, like I said, he is on a four-fight win streak, twenty-three and four overall. His last loss being in twenty twenty-one versus Tim Means, who you know that's a tough opponent. So, um, but he's got a couple decent wins: Worley Alves, Muslim Salikov for the the last two wins. Now Gabriel Bonfim. So uh, he beat Daniel Rodriguez in twenty twenty as well. Uh, yeah, so Dolby's somebody to look out for for sure. That was a good win for him and a pretty decent fight overall. As you can see, he was a little beat up. Like I said, he was pretty much losing the fight until all of a sudden he wasn't. And then he gets that TKO win in the second round. Now to the main event, the unfortunate main event, because, I mean, it may look like there was some action. And, of course, there was because you're always going to get big punches. You're always going to get a fight out of Derek Lewis for the most part, if he's not hurt, and uh, and if he ha- even has a chance to let those hands go a little bit, it's going to be fun and it's going to be interesting. But everyone knows that his grappling and wrestling is not really up to par with the upper echelon of the of the division, and unfortunately, he just couldn't hang with Jelton Almeida. But you know, he put up a damn good fight. You know. It looks here like it's just kind of a grazing shot, but you you don't even want to get that grazing shot landed on you by Derek Lewis with those big hands, those heavy punches. Um, but Jalton Almeida was pretty impressive with his wrestling and grappling. You know, he he picked as you can see here, he picked up big ass Derek Lewis and slammed him to the ground. And for the most part, throughout the entire fucking fight, which I heard something like it was twelve to one odds that this fight would go to distance. And whoever the fuck bet on that, I hope bet a decent amount of money because they won a big amount of money if they bet on this fight going the distance. 12 to 1 odds, that's pretty damn good. Um, Because, you know, of course, Derek Lewis is either going to get finished early or he's going to finish somebody early. It's never going to go all five rounds unless he's in a fight like with um, Nganu, which is boring and uneventful and this one was along those lines as well except there was a little bit more action and Derek Lewis was pretty impressive with his um submission defense I mean he got mounted a lot he spent a lot of time on the ground in this position right here with his hands up trying to defend um but flat on his back no movement uh he's known for getting taken down and and getting you know kind of dominated on the ground until all of a sudden he's up he just like a zombie coming out of the ground just stands up out of nowhere even when he's mounted even when he's in a you know in a very bad position no matter what he tends to get up and he tried and he did he was successful a couple times with Almeida but not in the ways that he was before where it looked super effortless this time he had to put a lot of effort into it um 
But he got himself out of some really bad positions, and it was pretty impressive. Like, he did wind up showing a little bit of takedown defense after a while, uh, and he, you know, he showed a little more than he has in the past when it comes to defending submissions and and takedowns and whatnot. Um, but like I said, for the most part, he spent a lot of time on his back. Um some takedown defense and when anytime he had a chance he was sneaking a, a, a big shot in there uh but he did miss a lot unfortunately and that takes a lot out of a fighter when they're taking big swings and missing so uh he he did look like he was in better shape i mean it didn't look like he was sucking there as much as usual um he didn't quit and a lot of times you see Derek Lewis quit. So that's something that it, it, it seems to be quite a bit of an improvement for him because when he's in these precarious positions and, and in this bad spot in a fight, he tends to just kind of let it go and give up and he gets submitted or he, you know, like something of that sort. Um, or, you know, he gets TKO'd because he's not defending because he's tired. It seemed like he was in better condition, had a little bit better cardio. He just needs to work on that takedown defense and, and work on his grappling a little more. Um, maybe work some offensive grappling so that he's not always having to just defend. But either way, Derek Lewis is impressive for this one. Uh, you know, at least it, it wasn't a total loss for him, even though he did lose the fight. Uh, wound up losing by unanimous decision and it was obvious but you know he did get on top and he did rain down some punches like he usually does but he just couldn't land as cleanly as he normally does um almeida had good defense and he got out of all the bad positions he was in um and he had good head movement i mean for the most part you know he was on the ground and Lewis is ground and pounding and he's covering up and he's, you know, he kept moving instead of saying, you know, turtled up or, or shrimped up. You know, he was moving around. He was active on his back and he was constantly finding ways to get out and stand up or put, you know, Lewis in positions where he couldn't rain those big, heavy punches down. Um, but like I said, you know. Lewis was throwing those big punches and you would think that one of them landing would end this fight and it didn't. Um, I don't know that he landed one clear flush punch on Almeida, but he definitely tried. But he, he, it took a lot out of him uh, winging these big punches, you know. The, he's got that nasty uppercut that he throws when he's on the inside and someone puts their head down and he connects, you know. Uh, and it usually will knock somebody out and he just couldn't seem to land that punch uh in the way that he normally does so almeida took advantage and you know got the double leg took him down over and over and over again um got in the dominant positions and also you know put some ground and pound on Derek. but Derek was moving as well um he kept his hands busy kept the hand fighting going um and almeida just couldn't put him away but in the end, he still got the win by unanimous decision over Derek Lewis, unfortunately. So after that very impressive first round finish that Lewis had in his last fight, he now is back in the losing column, unfortunately. Um, he had that uh, that very fast win uh, 33 seconds into the first round over Marcos Hegerio de Lima back in July. 
And that was a fun one. You know, he took off his shorts and ran around. It's always fun when Derek Lewis wins, but, um, you know, this wasn't a horrible loss for him. Uh, he showed some improvement. If you've ever watched him fight before, like I said, uh, it just sucks to see him get the loss and unfortunate that he couldn't make something better of his fight against Almeida, but Almeida is a beast. Um, and he is 20 and two overall. And I believe he's undefeated in the UFC. He's also a content, uh, contender series alum from 2021. And he's one, two, three, four, five, six and zero in the UFC now with wins over Parker Porter and Jarzinho Rosenstruck. So, I mean, he's got some decent names under his belt. Now adding Derek Lewis to that as well. So, Jelton Almeida is is the real deal. Um, he's a great submission artist. Uh, he's got a f- quite a few submissions on his record. A couple TKOs. Uh, everything is a finish. Um, except for this fight was a decision. Usually, he finishes the fight regardless of what round. So, you know, this could have been fireworks, but... Uh, it was a bit more of a, I guess, strategic fight in 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 a sense, <laughs> but a little bit sloppy as well. So I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I'm sad Derek Lewis lost. I I respect Almeida. Um, I just don't know him that well, and I you know we all have an, affi- an affinity for uh, Derek Lewis and and the way that he fights and how funny he is and the character he is and when he wins, it's it's always fun afterwards. So sucks to see him lose, but. That's the game, and that's what happens. So that wraps it up for UFC Sao Paulo. Let's get into this pay-per-view this weekend. UFC 295 taking place in Madison Square Garden in New York City. This should be a fun one. Every November, they do the Madison uh, Madison Square Garden event, and it's you know always headlined by big fights, big names. Always titles, of course. But, you know, this it was official. I mean, uh, initially supposed to be the John Jones versus Stephen Miocic fight for the heavyweight title. Uh, being that John Jones just uh, beat Cyril Gaon not too long ago for the heavyweight title for his first uh, title defense was going to fight a legend in... Uh, Steve Miocic, one of the most decorated heavyweights of all time, who hasn't fought in a few years, by the way. But, uh, you know, we didn't get to see a whole lot of John Jones in that fight against Cyril Gaon because, you know, he just overwhelmed Gaon and put him down and, uh, you know, choked him out quickly. And Gaon had that look of disbelief in his face. <laughs> like, what the fuck just happened? I just got hit by a truck and I don't know why. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we didn't get to see a whole lot of John Jones in the, in the heavyweight division. And then the unfortunate injury of uh, tearing his pec um, or his, yeah, I think it was his pec, whatever it was, tore ligaments and whatnot, tore off the bone or some shit. I don't even know. It was uh, sounding like a crazy injury, though, and it's rather unfortunate because we were going to see one of the fights we've all wanted to see for a long time. Especially with John Jones officially being in the in the heavyweight division and get having a win under his belt already and being the champ, you know, he came in one fight in the heavyweight division and wins and gets that title. 
I mean, that's fucking exciting. And we all know that John Jones is on his way out. He's talked about it over and over again. He takes a lot of time in between fights. And Stipe has done the same. He hasn't been the same since, uh, you know, he fought in Ganu and lost. And uh, he's just taken lots of time off. Um, he's taken lots of damage throughout his career. Uh, lots of big fights. Um, and lots of title defenses. But, you know, it seems like he, now he's wrapped up in being a full-time uh, firefighter, which he's always been a firefighter, but now he's like all in full time. So, you know, it's it's tough and it sucks to see that uh, to see Stipe not be able to get that fight. And apparently, he didn't want to fight anybody but John Jones. Uh, but then he's also saying that he didn't even get asked uh, to be involved in the interim fight, which is what is happening between Yuri Prohaska versus. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall. It's an interim heavyweight title fight. But, I mean, let's let's be real here. The talk has always been about this fight with John Jones and Stipe was that both of them were set to retire after that fight. Now, John Jones was a little less official, but Stipe is kind of out there basically saying, you know, that's it. That's going to be it for me. Uh... But you never know. I mean, that that's rumors are rumors. Um, Stipe hasn't, I guess, hasn't said it completely outright, but he's insinuated that that's what's going to happen. Everyone was ready and and willing to accept the fact that that's what was going to happen. Stipe was definitely going to retire, win or lose, and John Jones was almost more than fifty percent a definite for retiring as well. So now we have to wait because, you know, the injury bug hits again. And, you know, I mean, that's how all these fights have, have be. That's how all these fights have materialized. You know, this fight between Yuri Prohaska versus uh, Alex uh, Pereira. That division, the light heavyweight division, has been a fucking mess since Sean Jones left. Uh, you know, Glover had it. Yuri had it. Jamal Hill had it. Uh, Yuri got hurt. Jamal Hill got hurt. Fucking Jamal Hill. I mean, Yuri's back. Uh, Glover lost it to Yuri, right? Yeah. Fuck, I'm getting lost now. Um, oh, oh, in between everything, we had the Blockowitz, uh versus Makachev. Fucking, uh, no. But, uh, fucking, goddamn, who was it? I don't even remember who it was. Jan Blakowicz against Magomedov. Uh, <laughs> there was that draw in the middle of everything, which then turned into Glover versus Jamal. And then Jamal Hill got the win over Glover and was a champ. And then was supposed to defend against more than likely Yuri because Yuri was on his way back already. And then Jamal gets fucking hurt. Achilles tendon ruptured. And then has to vacate the belt as well. So, you know, the injury bug has been crazy when it comes to the light heavyweight uh, division. And the, the title changes are just insane and hard to keep up with. So, now that we've gone over all that, <laughs> that's the lead up to what's happening Saturday, November 11th. This Saturday, Sergey Pavlovich versus Tommy Aspinall for the interim heavyweight title. And Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira 
for the undisputed light heavyweight championship. Now, Alex Pereira coming in and fighting for his second title, even though he's only had like four or five fights in the UFC, is fucking insane. We'll get into that here in a couple minutes. But let's look at the lower portion of this card because there is a few pretty good fights down there. Now, uh, the card's going to start off with Dennis Bazooka versus Jamal Amherst. Dennis Bazooka is a uh, uh, Sarah Longo fighter. So, you know, he, he's in the camp uh, with like Aljamain Sterling, Marab Devalishvili, you know, everyone else in that camp. And he's, a, and he's you know, he's a, a pretty good up-and-comer. I believe he's had... Uh, yeah, he's only had one fight in the UFC, which he lost a unanimous decision, but he's looking to come back and really prove himself in the UFC. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about him, and it sounds like he's just basically had some bad luck in that first fight. There's a lot of stuff surrounding that fight. I think it was a late, a late replacement fight, so he didn't have much of a camp to prepare or whatnot. But, you know, that kind of shit happens. He's fighting Jamal Emmers, 19-7 overall. Coming off a loss to Jack Jenkins back in June. Um, let's see, he's got win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. I mean, that's the way his UFC career is gone. He lost his debut against Giga Jikaze. Then he got a win. Then he got a loss against Pat Sabatini, who's fighting on this card as well. Then he got a win. And then he got a loss again. So he's if he sticks on that pattern, he's due for a win. <laughs> um, but we'll see because Bazooka's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of steam in that engine, and he's ready to come out and prove himself. So we'll see how that goes. Let's see, uh, Jared Gordon versus Marco Madsen. That should be a pretty damn good fight, actually, because Jared Gordon is a is a good fighter. We've seen him against Patty Pimblett. Uh, who he lost to, but we all know he actually won that fight. And then he had that no contest versus Bobby Green, where he got knocked out, but it was an accidental clash of heads. Um, so, I mean, it's like a headbutt knockout that's pretty crazy. And uh, Bobby Green followed up with a punch still, I believe. Um, and, he, I mean, yeah, uh, Jared Gordon got knocked out, but... That was, you know, due to the headbutt. So it was kind of a crazy fight. That was his last fight. Before that, he lost to Patty Pamblet, which should have been a win. So he should be on a two-fight win streak right now. Instead, he's... Let's see. He is... Damn, he's had a lot of fights in the UFC, though. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen fights in the UFC. But... A, a big mix of wins and losses. So, you know, he's kind of one of those streaky fighters. Um, but he's 19-6 and six overall, and it's a lightweight fight against Marco Madsen, who's been pretty impressive in his last fights. He's 12-1 and one overall. Um, of course, he lost his last fight by submission against Grant Dawson, but before that, he beat Vince Pichel, Clay Guida, Austin Hubbard. Uh, yeah, and that was... For him, he was on a four-fight win streak before this this last loss, uh, which was a year ago, exactly. Um, 
to Grant Dawson. So he's coming back, ready to get back in the win column. Should be a good fight. And we got another Sarah Longo fighter, Nazim Sadikov versus Vyachlev Boresh Borsh Borshev. Fuck, those are tough names, man. <laughs> but I know I doesn't say Naz's name because I listened to Matt Sarah on um, UFC Unfiltered, so I kind of <laughs> I have a little bit of insight in a lot of his fighters. Um, but Nas has been one of those up and comers in his camp for a long time. He's nine and one overall. Uh, this is a lightweight fight, and he's two and zero in the UFC. Um, has and he was in the contender series where he got a win by KO. Uh, and then he's coming off a win over a, a good great win actually over Terrence McKinney by submission in the second round uh back in July of 2020 or this year. So he's he's on a good win streak and let's see Borsh Borshev or Slava. So, oh yeah, this is the guy from uh Team Alpha Male or Team Alpha they call it now. Um Slava Claus is what they call him, which is hilarious. But uh, I heard him on a podcast earlier today. He's 7 and 3 overall, uh coming off of a win. Before that he had two losses in a row. So he's 2 and 2 in the UFC, also a contender series alum where he won by KO back in 2021. So both these guys look pretty good. Um yeah, I think I'm kind of going for Nas in this one, but uh, Slava Claus sounded like a pretty cool dude as well. <laughs> the first I had heard from him in that uh, podcast I had heard earlier today. You also got Baby Shark, Tabitha Ricci versus uh, Lupe Godinez. This should be a good one. Um, I'm a big Tabitha Ricci fan. I don't know what it is about her, besides the fact that she's hot. <laughs> but uh um she's got this like like stoic demeanor and uh she just looks at like she's there to whoop some fucking ass and she just goes in there and does it. She's 9 and 1 overall. This is a strawweight fight. Um she is only her only loss is in the UFC to Manon Firo who is a fucking beast and that was her uh, debut fight. She's undefeated since then. Uh, she's four and zero in in her last five fight or in her last four fights. Uh, she beat Pollyanna Viana, Jessica Penne, and Jillian Robertson in her last three fights. A lot of decision wins, but she's a very active fighter. Um, and she's very crisp with those strikes. That last fight against Robertson, I was impressed. That's what made me a fan. Her fight style is fucking entertaining. She just looks like a killer. And like I said, she's easy to look at as well. <laughs> uh, she's fighting Lupi Godinez, who's 11 and 3 overall. Uh, let's see. She is coming off. Oh, she's on a three fight win streak, which is pretty damn impressive because of her opponents Cynthia Calvillo, Emily Dakota, and Elise Reed. Um,. Let's see. Her last loss was against Angela Hill. Who a lot of people lose to Angela Hill, though. Angela Hill's one of those fighters that go, that she just won in her last last fight last week, though. But yeah, Angela Hill's one of those girls that'll win one or lose one, win a couple, then lose one, 
win one, lose one, stuff like that. You never know what's going to happen when you fight Angela Hill or what type of fighter she's going to come out as. So no stress on losing to her. You know, it sucks to lose, but that's a tough opponent. Anyway, she's looking to keep her win streak alive and make it four in a, or, uh, four in a row. As for now, she's three and she's got three wins in a row. Fighting Tabitha, Baby Shark, Richie. That should be a fun one for sure. Now we get to the main card. Diego Lopez versus Pat Sabatini. Uh, Diego Lopez is 22 and 6. Um, he's a great submission fighter. Uh, he's a Brazilian. And he's coming off a win over Gavin Tucker back in August. Uh, that was an armbar submission, which you're seeing right here. Uh, and that was in the first round. Before that, he had a loss by decision, but he, he had two two wins before that outside of the UFC uh, by TKO and KO. So basically, he's 1-1 one one in the UFC. Movzar Evloev was who he lost to in his debut fight by unanimous decision. But anytime he wins, he's winning by finish, basically. So and and they're almost all submissions. So you got to watch out for this guy on the ground. Pat Sabatini though is a a great fighter in his own right. He's 18 and 4 coming off a submission himself. So this this could be a really fun ground fight uh a ground game fight. <laughs> so like you might see a lot of grappling and 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 jiu-jitsu happening here, but I mean it's exciting. Because Lopez is definitely fun to watch on the ground. And Sabatini's done a lot of work on the ground as well. Including this last win over Lucas Almeida. Submission by arm triangle choke. As you can see in this picture. That's a crazy... Who knows what that is. But uh, he's... Uh, let's see. 18-4. and four. Um, He had a loss to Damon Jackson. That TKO... First round TKO win in September. That was a crazy one. Damon Jackson was on a mission that night. Um, he does have a Sabatini does have a lot of decision wins though. Um, but let's see. Overall, one, two, three, four. He's five and one in the UFC. Um, and yeah, it just looks like he's trying to make his way up uh, against. Uh, a good up-and-comer in Diego Lopez as well, who's only got two fights in the UFC. So that should be a fun one. Moving on, we got another Saralongo fighter. Now, this is happening because, you know, they're in New York, and Matt Sarah and Ray Longo, their, their fight team is out of, like, New Jersey. So um, they're going to have a lot of fighters uh, here in... Uh, on this card they always try to get people that are around in that area just to bring in a few more fans you know to the to the fight itself in the venue but matt frivola is 11 and 3 overall big puncher he's got a lot of power in those hands and he is coming off uh actually he's on a three fight win streak all by KO or TKO in the first round. So this might be one of those fights that you want to bet on. Little prop bet. First round, you know, under one and a half or first round finish, whatever. Uh, but Frivola is not a bad person to bet on. Um, 
Yeah, he's got, you know, a mix of wins and losses, but all of his past, uh, all of his wins in the last three fights have been super impressive. First round finishes, and even his loss to Terrence McKinney was a first round finish. It was like a seven second KO by Terrence McKinney. So even if he loses, it's exciting. Um, over the past couple of years. So he, he's been calling out people like Patty Pimlet and shit like that. Um, he's ready to take on big names and prove himself more and more. His last fight was a win by TKO in the first round over Drew Dober. So that's a formidable opponent right there. We all know Drew Dober's a savage. So um, let's see. His opponent is Benoit Saint Denis, who is also. A pretty good striker in his own right. 12-1 and one overall. He is also on a four-fight win streak. He's got two submissions and two TKO wins in the past four fights. So, I don't think this fight's going to go all three rounds. I would say bet on a finish, regardless of which, which fighter you're betting on. Might be a little easier to know that Matt Frivola is going to win by KO or TKO. That might be the way to go. I'm betting on Frivola. If I were to bet, but I'm saying overall, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with Frivola here. Uh, St. Denis, uh, his day de- lost his debut fight, but has been on a four fight win streak since then, beating Ismael Bonfim and Tiago uh, Moises. Um, and nothing has gone past the second round, so not a bad fight to bet on. You got a couple good things to uh, base it off of. And a couple of decent prop bets, I'm sure, if you want to put this in a parlay or just, you know, bet outright. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Let's get to the women. Jessica Andrade versus Mackenzie Dern. I'm excited for this fight because I like Mackenzie Dern a lot. I've never been too high on Jessica Andrade. Um, ever since she dropped Rose on her head, um, I didn't like her. <laughs> and that's just personal reasons. Um, because I like Rose Namajunas a lot. And I've always seen Jessica Andrade as like, just like a bully type fighter, which is good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. She was a champ. She's a former champ. Um, she's an exciting fighter. She's got great finishes, um, whether, whether it be submission or, or, you know, KO, TKO wins. She's 24 and 12 overall, but she is on a three-fight losing streak. Losing to Aaron Blanchfield, Yan Xiaonan, and Tatiana Suarez. So, this is like a do-or-die for Jessica Andrade. They might give her extra chances because she is a former champ. But she hasn't... I mean... Wait a minute. She fought fucking four... This is going to be her fifth fight this year. Maybe that's the problem, Andrade. Maybe you should fucking chill out on the fighting this year. She won her first fight in January over Lauren Murphy. She lost to Aaron Blanchfield in February. She lost to Yan Shaanan in May. And then she lost to Tatiana Suarez in August. So she is fucking on a goddamn just roll of fighting this year, I guess. She only fought once in 2022. So maybe that's why she's trying to make up for it. But apparently she's in the middle of a divorce right now. Um, She is a lesbian. She's uh, married to a woman. 
But Mackenzie Dern was talking about her divorce as well to her husband uh, that she has a child with. And, uh, and I guess they're bonding over this divorce thing. But they're going to beat the shit out of each other like they're each other's significant other. I hope. <laughs> because that'll make this a fun fucking fight. Um, the only thing is that Jessica Andrade hits fucking hard. So if she's taking some shit out on Mackenzie Dern, Dern does not have the best defense when it comes to big strikers. But she is a fucking wizard on the ground. She's 13 and 3 overall. Oh, well, I guess I should have shown Jessica Andrade and her power. That's against, uh, 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 I don't know why. I just totally lost her name. Who gives a shit? Because she got the shit knocked out of her. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, Andrade hits hard. So Mackenzie Dern's going to have to use that ground game. Um, because she's a great submission artist with her dad being a, you know, world champion in jiu-jitsu. Uh, and, you know, Dern is coming off of a win over Angela Hill uh, back in May by decision. Now, Dern has a lot of decision wins, but... And she's kind of a... She's kind of a back-and-forth fighter. She lost to Yan Nan before, beat Tisha Torres, lost to Marina Rodriguez... And then won her four fights before that against, like, Nina Nunez, Randa Marcos, Virna Janjaroba. So, you know, it's kind of a win-loss, win-loss, win-loss lately for her. And um, if you keep on that pattern, she's set up to lose. And Andrade has a lot of fucking momentum or motivation to win considering she's on a three fight losing streak and usually that's not good news for you in the ufc so this is a tough one i'm rooting for dern but it's going to be tough to beat Andrade in the manner um or it with all the circumstances that are surrounding this fight we'll see what happens there though on to the first title fight the co-main event uh, interim heavyweight championship bout between Sergey Pavlovich and Tom Aspinall. Aspinall's only had one fight since he came back from that devastating knee injury against Curtis Blades uh, a while back. And Pavlovich is just a fucking killer. Um, so this is going to be a, a crazy fight, I think. Um, I feel like it's going to be fun and uh, interesting, and I highly doubt it's going to go all five rounds. But you never know. Sometimes these guys nullify each other, and you know, in a in a in a fight like this, sometimes they they nullify each other and they wind up having a kind of boring fight. But I'm not counting on that with this one. I think this is going to be a banger. We got Sergey Pavlovich, who's 18 and one, heavy hands, big striker. Uh, I hate even showing this against my boy Taito Ivasa. But he did wreck him, unfortunately. Um, that was two fights ago. It was a KO 54 seconds into the first round. All of Pavlovich's wins are in the fucking first round. Including his lot, only loss in the UFC, which was his debut fight in the UFC. He lost to Elster Overeem by TKO in the first round. Then he went on to have one, two, three, four, five, six fights in a row. That he won by T KO or TKO in the first round. 
two minutes and 11 seconds, one minute and six, four minutes and three, 55 seconds, 54 seconds, three minutes and eight seconds. His last win being against Curtis Blades. He beat Curtis Blades, tied to Ivasa, Derek Lewis, Maurice Green, like a lot of fucking big names. He's a fucking killer. This is against uh, Taito Ivasa, like I said. There's a big punch against Curtis Blades in his last fight. You got the big hook here against Derek Lewis. So, needless to say, Tom Aspinall needs to fucking weather the storm here and, and make sure he doesn't get hit. And if he does get hit, he damn sure better hope he doesn't get hit flush or that he can take a damn good punch Unlike all these other guys, these big name guys like Ty Tuivasa, who's usually pretty durable. Derek Lewis does not like getting hit hard and on the button like he did here. So that was obvious as to what was going to happen there. And Curtis Blades is a wrestler type. So when he gets hit, it's a little bit different for him. So you never know. Tom Aspinall is a well-rounded fighter, but can he take a big punch from Sergei Pavlovich? That's the question for this fight because like I said all first round finishes by KO or TKO whether he won or lost in all of his fights in the UFC and he's 18 and 1 with the only loss being against Elster Overeem so come on man like this is another one that might be a foregone conclusion and you might be able to get make some money off of a win here uh, in the first round by KOTKO for Sergey Pavlovich, but Tommy Aspinall is a different kind of opponent. He's been on a tear, you know, except for that injury which happened in last year in July. He came back a year later and beat Marcin Tibura by TKO in the first round. Um before the injury though, he beat Alexander Volkov by submission. In the first round as well. Again, a lot of first round finishes here. And they're all finishes. Like, every fight in the UFC for Aspinall has been a first round finish. Except for one, which was against Andre Arlovsky. Uh, that was in the second round. And that was a submission win for him. But he's got a couple submission wins in here. As well as... Oh, and the rest are all TKO and KO wins. Pretty much all in the first round. This is going to be a banger. I feel like if they feel each other out for the first round, come the second round or early in the third, this fight's going to be over. I'm guessing it's not even going to get to the third round, but you never know. So this is the uh, one of his submission wins here, I think, against Volkov. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Aspinall is just one of those guys that you just got to know that he's coming out there to win and to win by a finish. Same with Sergey Pavlovich. It's an exciting fight. We'll see how it goes down. Let's move on to the main event. Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Padeda for the light heavyweight, undisputed light heavyweight championship belt. It's vacant at, well, technically it's not. Technically, Jamal Hill is still the champ, but it's a vacant title, really. So, they're fighting for the undisputed title. And I feel like this should be a damn good fight as well. So, these two fights in the at the top of this card, man. 
should be fucking fun and if they're not i'll be extremely disappointed but i feel like it's going to be a fast night once it gets to these two last car uh, fights on this card yuri prohaska of course is the former light heavyweight champ um i don't believe he ever no he didn't he never got to uh defend because he got hurt with that bad shoulder injury uh, but you know, he's a got heavy hands as well. The only problem with Yuri is that he gets hit a lot. And that's that's one of his bad traits. <laughs> he gets hit a lot, and if you get hit by Alex Pereira, we've seen what happens. So Yuri though is 29 and 3 overall. Uh his last win was in June of 2022 against Glover, where he won the belt by submission um in the fifth round so that was a crazy fight because him and uh him and glover went back and forth glover would looked really damn good in that fight but unfortunately at the end you know went a little too far with the way he was fighting and wound up getting submitted by rear naked choke with like less than 30 seconds left in the fifth round where he could have coasted and defended his title Unfortunately, he dropped it and Yuri got the belt, but hasn't fought since then because of that injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got great punches and great kicks. Uh, this was against Dominic Reyes, who was the the fight before Glover, um, which he won by spinning back elbow. Pretty nasty elbow, too. Uh, he's got some crazy dynamic strikes. He likes to throw everything out there. But like I said, he gets hit a lot, unfortunately. And I think he said something recently about the fact that he actually um, got knocked out by Dominic Reyes with an upkick. But it was like a flash knockout and the fight didn't get stopped, obviously, because he wound up winning by KO uh, over Dominic Reyes. And he looked very impressive in that fight. So he's only had one, two, three. So crazy. He's only had three fights in the UFC. And in his third fight in the UFC, he wins the heavyweight title. I'm sorry, the light heavyweight title. But he's he's fought Vulcan Ozdemir, Dominic Reyes, and Glover Teixeira. And he's gotten a win in all three of those fights. By finish, two KO wins in the second round. And then the submission over Glover in the fifth. In the past, though, in Ryzen, he fought C.B. Dalloway, Fabiano Maldonado. Um, so, I mean, he's got a pretty decent background. But, yeah, for him to have... For him to have only have four fights in the UFC... Three fights in the UFC and is a former champion. I mean, that's a nasty knee right there against Glover. But as you can see, he's all bloodied up as well. Because Glover, Glover beat him down pretty good. Um, but, uh... You know, in the end, Yuri got the sub to get the title and then got hurt, unfortunately. So, can he take punches from Alex Pereira, though? That's the tough thing to kind of discern, I guess. Because Alex Pereira is a killer. But it it's weird because it you would think he'd be even heavier hitter in the light heavyweight division... But, you know, he went to a split decision win 
with Jan Blachowicz. And it, I mean, he, I, I don't want to say that he didn't look good in that fight, but it, it wasn't the dominant, impressive fight that he's had in the past when he was in the middleweight division. Um, now, he had a lot of trouble cutting that weight, and obviously he was a bit smaller, but he, he blows up quick, he rehydrates fast, and he puts the weight on fast. But, like, without having all of that kind of an advantage, how's it going to translate over to the heavy, uh, light heavyweight division? As we saw against Jan, it was a hard-fought win for him. And it, he, it didn't look as easy and dominant as it has in the past in the middleweight division against, you know, Sean Strickland, who's the current champ right now. He knocked out easily. Um, and then against the former champ, Israel Adesanya, who he, he knocked out and shocked the world, even though he came back and lost the title quickly uh, in the rematch. But, I, I mean, as you can see, from November of la a year ago, he fought Izzy, won the title, rematched, lost the title, and then gets one win in the light heavyweight division and is now fighting for the light heavyweight title. Pretty crazy. I mean, he's only had one, two, three, four, five, six fights in the UFC. And already he's fighting for a second title in his career. Um... But yeah, I mean, that's Alex Pereira. He's a badass. Uh, all of his all of his wins are by KO or TKO, except for a couple decisions, which, you know, he still looks impressive in those fights. Uh, and yeah, um, I just don't know. I think he's got a, a decent chance of knocking out Yuri because Yuri gets hit a lot, like I said. But... Yuri is a crazy striker. The the different types of strikes that he throws at you, um, it, it's unpredictable. And he's got just dynamic movements. And Alex is kind of one of those guys who just stands in front and and bangs, basically. Um, so if Yuri is smart, he would use some of that grappling that he's known for. Um, he's got good submissions. That's how he won the belt. Uh, so he needs to keep that head off the center line and fucking um, stop, just keep himself from getting hit flush by Alex Pereira, and I think he'll have a good chance of winning. But at this point, I feel like it's kind of a toss-up. So we'll see what happens, but uh, it should be a hell of a fucking night of fights. And in the end, I'm excited for them. I think those last two, the co-main and the main event, the two title fights are going to be worth the price of that fight. So don't forget watch party podcast going on during the main event of, or the, I'm sorry, the main card of UFC 295. Um, I should have a guest or two here in the studio with me in the room with me. You know, I hate saying studio it feels so fake. It's not a studio, but guess what? I got a, a nice setup. Now it feels a little more studio like, so should be fun. Hopefully everything comes together. Hopefully everything works out. Thanks for tuning in. Come back on Saturday, same channel at 8 p.m. As soon as the main card starts, we will be live. And uh, check out the Watch Party podcast. Listen to us bullshit and have fun and react to all the fights uh, while you watch the main event. Because, I mean, who really needs to listen to the commentators, right? <laughs> I mean, it's fun sometimes. But uh, you can always go back and listen to that later. Watch with us. Um, and it should be fun. 
So Saturday, 8 p.m. during the main card of UFC 295. Tune in here, Going Rounds Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, like and subscribe and hit that notification bell. You'll know exactly when I go live or when I release any new videos. Don't forget to like and follow all of my social media. It's been going down at the bottom of the screen right there. And if you don't catch the watch party or even if you do, come back next Thursday. Same time, 7 p.m. Arizona time. Right here on the YouTube, uh, going around YouTube channel. And uh, if you like to listen to podcasts only, audio only, you can find me anywhere where you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. So come back next week. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Watch, come and watch the Watch Party podcast. And uh, yeah, have a good one. That's it for me. I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs>